78. Psalm 78 is one of my most favorite psalms in all of the Bible. We've spent a lot of time in it. We spent a lot of time in it last year. In the first eight verses, we're not going to look at those verses tonight. We're going to go further into the psalm tonight. Really, Psalm 78 is a psalm that you could really spend several weeks on. We're really just kind of going to do an overview of the latter part of the psalm tonight. But I do want us to look specifically, just by way of introduction, at just a few verses. And just want to submit, propose a few reasons tonight why they were the way they were, why they did what they did. Psalm 78, and I'd like to begin reading in verse number 52, verse 51. Let's, let's start in verse 51. I want to bring you a message tonight. I'd like to preach to you for the next few minutes on this subject. Absolutely no excuses. Absolutely no excuses. Verse number 52, the, excuse me, verse 51, the Bible says, And smote all the firstborn in Egypt, the chief of their strength in the tabernacles of Ham, but made his own people to go forth like sheep, and guided them in the wilderness like a flock. And he led them on safely, so that they feared not. But the sea overwhelmed their enemies. He brought them to the border of his sanctuary, even to this mountain, which his right hand had purchased. He cast out the heathen also before them and divided them in inheritance by line and made the tribes of Israel to dwell in their tents. Now that's just a little bit that is involved in Psalm 78. But in that just little bit we understand that part of the history of the nation of Israel is being rehearsed. And what is being rehearsed is the faithfulness of God. But also what is being rehearsed is the unfaithfulness of God's people. Because in the very next verse, after everything that God has done for the nation of Israel, and we only read just a little snippet here in Psalm 78, after everything that God has done, and after God has been completely faithful because He always is, what's the very first word of verse 56? Yet. Yet they tempted... And provoked the Most High God, and kept not His testimonies. But turned back and dealt, what's the word there? Unfaithfully like their fathers. They were turned aside like a deceitful bow. For they provoked Him to anger with their high places, and moved Him to jealousy with their graven images. And tonight, for just a few moments, I'd like to submit to us three reasons why they were unfaithful. And in doing that, I hope to remind us and maybe to challenge us a little bit that God would help us not to be unfaithful in those areas, not to allow uh, apathy, if you will, or complacency to enter in into these areas of our lives. Because even as Andrew and Abigail just sang, He is worthy. That verse in Romans chapter 12, verse number 1, has arrested my mind. Really, not, not necessarily the whole verse, but that one word recently has arrested, that, excuse me, arrested my mind, and it's that word reasonable. We have such a skewed definition or thought 
or perception of that word reasonable in Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. He doesn't say extraordinary. He doesn't say magnificent or supreme. And we think many times when a Christian lives what we think is an extraordinary life or an awesome Christian life, we we use those terms, but in God's eyes, it's just reasonable. And that's the way He expects every single one of us to live. It's not just for certain people. It's not just for a certain group in the church. It's not just for the Sunday school teachers or the choir members. By the way, I was glad to see a couple of new faces in the choir tonight. That was good. More new faces are welcome. We had young people that went off to college. We need to fill their places. Amen? Amen. We need some men, right? Amen. <laughs> no, I'm just good. It's not just for the choir members. It's not just for the Sunday school teachers. Every Christian, God has saved us to live a reasonable life. Because every single one of us have experienced the mercies of God. And that's what Romans 12.1 is all about. It's the mercies of God. And there's absolutely no doubt, and we're going to read a large portion of it tonight, there's absolutely no doubt that the nation of Israel had experienced the mercies of God over and over and over again. But the Bible says, yet, yet. That word yet, it means nevertheless, it means in spite of. And in spite of all of the faithfulness that God had demonstrated toward the nation of Israel, they were unfaithful. We're human beings and we know that tonight. By the way, the Bible says that in Psalm 78. God knows that we're just flesh. He knows that we're dust. But that's not an excuse to be unfaithful. That's not an excuse to look at everything that God has done for us and really just kind of snuff at it. Well, thank you God for the benefits, but that's where it stops. And so tonight I want to submit to us three reasons based on Psalm 78, not necessarily my opinion, but from Psalm 78. Three reasons why these, this group of people were unfaithful. Many times I, I think we get a little pious toward the nation of Israel because we think, how in the world? But then in my own life, sometimes I sit and I think, how in the world? How in the world can I be so complacent and apathetic sometimes after everything He's done for us? Absolutely no excuses. Number one tonight, let me submit this to us. Actually, let's do this. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us tonight. Father, we're grateful for Your Word. Your Word helps us. Your Word is profitable. It's profitable in every book from Genesis to Revelation. There's not some that's just for us today and parts of it that aren't. Father, You tell us that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So Lord, every bit of it is good for us. And Father, tonight I'm thankful that we can look back at examples. And you tell us in the book of Corinthians that these things are for our examples. And we can look back, not necessarily to be pious against another group of people or another group of saints, but to learn and to glean truths from their lives where they failed 
so that we don't have to fail in those areas. And so, Lord, I, I pray that you just challenge our hearts tonight. Convict us. Encourage us. In, encourage us in these areas. Maybe, maybe, we're, maybe we're all doing well in these areas tonight. But if not, Lord, please convict. Please challenge. Please cause us to leave here with hearts that are broken, with hearts that are changed, with hearts that are more in tune with you even tonight. Father, we love you. I pray that you'd help those who are away from us tonight for whatever reason, sickness, uh, traveling, or even if they just chose not to come, I still pray that you'll give them a blessing where they're at tonight. Help them to understand that they're missed by their church family and help them to be back at the next appointed time. Help us in these next few moments, Lord. And we'll surely thank you for it. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Number one tonight, they were unfaithful, first of all, because they were forgetful. They were unfaithful, first of all, because they were forgetful. Notice what the Bible says in verses 10 and 11. The Bible says they kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in His law. And by the way, let me say this. We, we mention this often, but don't, don't, don't let repetition make you, make you just tune it out. We mention this often. There's a song we sing and it, it speaks about the fact that we are prone to wander. And we are. Because we are flesh. Because we are dust. Because we do get wrapped up in other things and many things that... Uh, have no eternal value, they're temporal, they're earthly, and we get wrapped up in them. And the Bible says here, they kept not the covenant of God and refused to walk in His law. Notice verse 11, and forgot His works and His wonders that He had showed them. Look at verse number 42, if you will. The Bible says, they remembered not His hand, nor the day when He delivered them from the enemy. They remembered not His hand, nor the day when He would deliver them from the enemy. Hey, we would say, boy, if God Almighty delivered me from the Egyptians, if I had seen those ten plagues that God did upon the nation of Egypt, and, and boy, we came out by a high hand, the Bible says, and, and boy, we, God allowed us to spoil the Egyptians, and we, we, we were slaves, but we left rich. And God allowed all of that to happen and we came into the wilderness and we came to, to that place where the Egyptians were behind us and mountains were on both sides and there was nowhere to go but God made a way through the Red Sea. If I had seen all of that, no way would I have been ungrateful. No way would I have been unfaithful to Him. The truth is tonight, how many times over and over and over again has He done great wonders and great works in our lives and we fail to remember. And we forget... And the next time a trial or a tribulation or a trouble comes or the next time something unexpected, an unexpected bill or, or finances get a little askew sometimes and, and automatically we forget what He's done in the past and automatically we're looking here and we're looking there and how can, what, what, how can I figure this out? How can I manipulate the situation? Uh, do I need to go to the bank? Do I need to get a, a loan? Do I need to do this or that? Instead of, hey, remember, God took care of this in the past. He can take care of it right now. And the Bible says they forgot His works. The Bible says in verse number 42, they remembered not His hand. They were unfaithful faithful because they were forgetful. They forgot God's works, verses 11 and verse 42. They forgot His wonders, verse 11 and 42. And number three, they forgot God's Word. Number one tonight, they were unfaithful because they were forgetful. We read verse 56, yet they tempted and provoked the Most High God. And notice what it says, they forgot His Word. What does it say in verse 56? And kept not His what? His testimonies. And kept not His testimonies. The Bible says they forgot His Word. 
They forgot what they were supposed to do. They forgot the covenant that God had made with them. They forgot the, the commandments that God had given to them. They forgot His works. I would never do that, Pastor. Red Sea experience, I would never forget that. They forgot His wonders. And they forgot His word. But I say it again, how many times has God answered? How many times has God answered in a financial situation? And at that very moment you praise and you glorify God and you're so thankful and grateful that yes, He hears and it proves to you that He hears and that He answers and that He is intimate with our needs and He knows our needs and He thinks about us. And then a day later or a week later, something comes along and we quickly forget what He did a week ago. And we're worrying and we're, and we're anxious and we're worrying how He's going to handle this. He's going to handle it the same way He handled it a week ago. Number one, tonight they were unfaithful because they were forgetful. Number two, tonight. By the way, before we go on to number two, can I say this? That's why being in the house of God is important. Because the Bible says in Hebrews 10 verses 24 and 25, we, we know verse number 25. That we're not for, to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, but we forget verse 24. The reason we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves to get together is so that we can do what? We can provoke each other to what? To love and to good works. You know one way that will help us not to forget? One way that will help us not to forget His works and His wonders is when we get together with God's people and we don't just talk about sports and we don't just talk about the weather, although nothing wrong with that, but we talk about other things and we talk about how God has worked during the week and we talk about how good God has been to us during the week and we talk about not in a braggadocious manner, but we talk about how He has answered and answered. Look, I, I've been, I have been in meetings where people have testified and it's been all about them. I, I despise that. When we testify, it ought to be all about God. Not anything about us. Everything about what God has done. But when we get together, we ought to do that. We ought to tell each other what God has done for us this week. What God has done for our family. What God has done for our church family. How God is working in our lives in a passage of Scripture. Number one tonight, they were unfaithful, I believe. Based on Psalm 78, because they were forgetful. But number two tonight, they were unfaithful. Secondly, because they were doubtful. They were unfaithful. Secondly, because they were doubtful. Notice what the Bible says there in Psalm 78 in verse number 19. Actually, let, let, let's back up. Let's get, the, let's get the context. We read verses 10 and 11. Notice verse number 12. Marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through, and he made the waters to stand as in heap. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud, and all the night with a light of fire. Boy, pastor, if I had a cloud to lead me by day, and if I had a fire at night that led me, and, and boy, they never left, and I knew exactly the path to take, boy, I'd be okay, I'd make it. Yeah, dear friend, we have it. It's called the Word of God. It's called the Holy Spirit. We have it. Oh, I, I need that cloud of fire by night. You have it, the Bible. The Bible in the book of Jeremiah says it's, he's a fire. Or excuse me, the Bible says it's a fire. It's a, it's a hammer. We have it. And all the night with the light of fire, he clave the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink as out of the great depths. The problem is we just don't know the Bible. We need to stop being simple as we talked about this morning. Stop being simple. Start making the Word of God the apple of your eye. It's available. Wisdom is available. He clave the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink as out of the great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. And they sinned yet more. What? 
Verses 12, 13, and 14. 15, 16. All those wonderful things God has done. And then verse 17, And they sinned yet more against Him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. And they tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. Yea, they spake against God. They said, Can God? Number two, they were, excuse me, unfaithful because they were doubtful. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, He smote the rock that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can He give bread also? Can He provide flesh for His people? Therefore the Lord heard this and was wroth, so a fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger also came up against Israel, because they believed not in God and trusted not in His salvation. Look at verse number 40. How oft did they provoke Him in the wilderness and grieve Him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God, and notice this, and limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited Him. How much more did He want to do? But He limited them, or they limited Him. Why? How? By their doubt. Can God? Can God? Can God do this? Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Can God give bread also? Can He provide flesh for His people? Verse 20. They were unfaithful because they were doubtful. Can God? Can God? Can God? They doubted His supply. They doubted His salvation. They doubted His strength. Can God supply? Can God furnish a table? Can He give bread? They doubted God's salvation in verse 22 because they believed not in God and trusted not in His salvation. By the way, I don't believe this is speaking of spiritual salvation per se. This is speaking of the salvation, the victory that God had promised the nation of Israel. I'm going to take you into the promised land. I have the strength to do it. I have the ability. I've already promised it. And they didn't trust in His salvation. We're not strong enough to go into the promised land. The walls are great. There there are giants there. We're not strong enough. They were trusting in their own salvation. They doubted God's supply, salvation. They doubted God's strength. Verse 41, they turned back and tempted God, limited the Holy One of Israel. They doubted His strength. Dear friend, tonight they were unfaithful because they were forgetful. God help us never to forget. God, help us never to forget what He's done or what He did at the cross and what He did for us that moment when we came to Him for salvation. And then God, help us never to forget what He's done as we lived this Christian life. God, help us not to forget how He's provided for us, the works and the wonders that He's done. God, help us never to forget His Word. They didn't keep His testimonies, verse 56 says. They were unfaithful because they were forgetful. They were unfaithful because they were doubtful. Can God? Can God? Can God? I don't stand here tonight saying that I'm always perfect on that one right there whatsoever. There's times when things come into your life and you think, how is this going to get cared for? How, how are we going to get through this? How is this going to be taken care of? And again, I say this. It's going to get taken care of the same way He has taken care of things in, this, in the past. By His power 
by His strength, when we place our faith and our trust in that power and in that strength. God can. They said, can God? We know the answer, don't we? God can. God can, God can, God can, God can, God can. And by the way, God did and God did and God did and God did over and over and over again. They were unfaithful because they were forgetful. They were unfaithful because they were doubtful. Dear friend, tonight, don't be doubtful. It's okay to ask God questions sometimes, but it's not okay not to trust Him. We can always trust Him. They were unfaithful. The Bible says they sinned, in verse 17, yet more against Him. They were unfaithful because they forgot the great wonders and the great works. They they were unfaithful because they were doubtful. Can God, can God, He's brought us out here in the wilderness. We remember the leeks and the garlics and all the different things back in Egypt. By the way, is that, is that the best Egypt gave you, leeks and garlics? How about you remember some T-bone steak? I would understand it a little bit more. A T-bone steak with a loaded baked potato. I remember that from Egypt. Leeks and garlics. I understand their diet was different than ours. Their palates were different than ours. But man, leeks and garlics, you can have that. I'm staying right here in the wilderness. I'll eat the manna. What is it? I'll eat the manna. I'll eat the quail. They were unfaithful because they were forgetful. They were unfaithful because they were doubtful. Number three. They were unfaithful because they were ungrateful. They were unfaithful because they were ungrateful. Look at verse number 17 with me if you would. Yet, 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 they tempted and provoked the Most High God and kept not His testimonies. They but turned back and dealt unfaithfully like their fathers. They were turned aside like a deceitful bow, for they provoked Him to anger with their high places and moved Him to jealousy with their graven images. Hey God, Jehovah, you're, you're not good enough. We're going to have our high places. We're going to have our other gods because we don't think you have provided well enough. They were unfaithful because they were ungrateful. Look again at verse number 17. They sinned yet more against Him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness and they tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. They were ungrateful for what God had given them. Verse number 23. Though He had commanded the clouds from above and opened the doors of heaven and had rained down manna upon them to eat and had given them of the corn of heaven, man did eat angels' food. He sent them meat to the full. He caused an east wind to blow in the heaven. And by His power, He brought in the south wind. He rained flesh also upon them as dust, and feathered fowls like as the sand of the sea. And He let it fall in the midst of their camp, round about their habitations. So they did eat. Can God, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Well, absolutely can. So they did eat, verse 29, and were well filled, for He gave them their own desire They were not estranged from their lust, but while their meat was yet in their mouths, the wrath of God came upon them and slew the fattest of them and smote down the chosen men of Israel. Verse 32, for all this, here's that idea of yet again. For all this they sinned still 
and believe not for his wondrous works. The Bible says, therefore, their days did he consume in vanity. And their years in trouble. When he slew them, they sought him. They returned and inquired early after God. And they remembered. Hey, finally, they remembered that God was the rock and the high God, the Redeemer. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth. What does that mean? What does that mean? That service, they were in trouble, so they, they remembered the rock. Oh, yeah. I'm in trouble. I better go to the one that can get me out of the trouble. But it was just lip service. They just wanted to get out of trouble. And when they got out of trouble, they were going to go right back to it. The Bible says, nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth and they lied unto him with their tongues. For their heart was not right with him, neither were they steadfast in his covenant. They were unfaithful because they were ungrateful. God help us tonight. God help us tonight not to be forgetful and not to be doubtful and not to be ungrateful. The psalmist says seven times a day I'll praise the Lord. Ungrateful. Well, Pastor, I don't have a big house as somebody else in the church. I don't have a nicest car as someone else in the church. You ever been to a third world country? We all live like kings. We all live like kings compared to them. When they're scrapping for meals every day. And we go to the freezer and we go to the pantry and we have scores of different things, different foods to choose from every day. Oh man, I had steak twice this week. Don't think I want steak again. With scores of opportunities and choices. And then we manifest and demonstrate ungratefulness. They were unfaithful because they were ungrateful. Don't miss... Verse 18, it says, And they tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. God had provided, but they weren't satisfied. And I'm going to tell you what, I like meat with a meal, don't you, men? I've told you all before, honestly, there are very few days that go by that I don't have meat with a meal. Very few, if any. And if my wife doesn't fix a meat... I'm wondering what's wrong with her. Are you already finished with the budget for the month? I mean, are we going to eat rice and beans the rest of the month? He provided, but they weren't satisfied. They had plenty, but they weren't satisfied. They, they asked for meat, the Bible says there, asking meat for their lust. They weren't satisfied. But I want, to, I want to end with this. In spite of all of that, in spite of all of that, He's still merciful. In spite of all of it, they were unfaithful, 
because they were ungrateful, they were unfaithful because they were doubtful, can God? They were ungrateful because they were forgetful. Teenagers tonight, you be thankful for what God has given you. But boy, kids at, kids at school, they have, they, have, they, have a, they have the newest phone. They have the nicest clothes. They have all the, they have all the good stuff. Oh, that's, that's fine if their parents can pay for that and their parents want to do that. That's, that's their parents' decision. But if your parents decide, hey, you, you can have this and they take very good care of you, be satisfied with that and be grateful for it. Look, if you would, verse number, we left off at verse 38. They were ungrateful. They were forgetful. They were doubtful. But here's the truth. God was always merciful. God was always merciful. God was always and always is and continues to be merciful. We have absolutely no excuse. None of us tonight. We have absolutely no excuse for unfaithfulness. Whether it's to the house of God, whether it's to a spouse, whether it's to a job, whether it's to anything that God has given us, we have absolutely no excuse to be unfaithful. In verse number 38, the Bible says, But He, the Holy One, the One who they limited, in verse 41, it says, But He, being full of what? Compassion, forgave their iniquity, and destroyed them not, yea, many a time turned He His anger away, and did not stir up all His wrath. Now by the way, let me ask you this. Don't you think He knew that they were just giving lip service? Don't you think, in verse number 36, He knew that they were just flattery with their tongue? Oh God, You are the Holy One. Oh God, You're the One that can provide for us. Don't you think He knew that in verse number 37? He knew that their hearts weren't right with Him. He had full knowledge of that because He's omniscient. But He, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and destroyed them not. Yea, many a time turned He His anger away and did not stir up all His wrath. Verse 39, For He remembered that they were but flesh, a wind that passeth away and cometh not again. Verse 42, they remembered. Verse 41, they turned back and tempted. They limited the Holy One of Israel. Verse 42, they remembered not His hand, nor the day when He delivered them. How He had wrought His signs in Egypt and His wonders in the field of Zoan. By the way, He mentions that twice. He mentioned it in verse number 12. He mentions it again in verse 43. If mama says it once, you better listen. If mama says it twice, you're in trouble. God says it twice. He says they, they, they didn't remember. He didn't remember. They didn't remember how he had wrought his signs in Egypt and had turned their rivers into blood and their floods that they could not drink. He begins to speak about it again. He speaks about the ten plagues. Verse 49, he cast upon them, speaking of the Egyptians, the fierceness of his anger, wrath, and indignation and trouble by sending evil angels among them. He made a way to his anger. He spared not their soul from death, but gave their life over to the pestilence. And then in verse 51 is where we began to read a moment ago. And smote all the firstborn in Egypt, the chief of their strength in the tabernacles of Ham. But, but verse 52, but made his own people to go forth like sheep and guided them in the wilderness like a flock.
And he led them on safely so that they feared not, but the sea overwhelmed their enemies. He brought them to the border of his sanctuary, even to this mountain which his right hand had purchased. He cast out the heathen, verse 56, yet, yet. Drop down if you would. We read 56, 57, and 58, verse 59. When God heard this, he was wroth. And greatly abhorred Israel, so that he forsook the tabernacle of Shiloh and tent, which he placed among men, and delivered his strength into captivity and his glory into the enemy's hand. He gave his people over also unto the sword, and was wroth with his inheritance. The fire consumed their young men, and their maidens were not given to marriage. Their priests fell by the sword, and their widows made no lamentation. You want to read a little bit more, go to Lamentations. Then the Lord awaked as one out of sleep, and like a mighty man that shouteth by reason of wine, and he smote his enemies in the hinder parts, he put them to a perpetual reproach. Moreover, he refused the tabernacle of Joseph and chose not the tribe of Ephraim, but chose the tribe of Judah, the Mount Zion, which he loved, and he built his sanctuary. Like high places, like the earth, which he hath established forever, he chose David also his servant and took him from the sheepfolds, from following the ewes great with young. He brought him to feed Jacob, his people, and Israel, his inheritance. So he fed them according to the integrity of his heart and guided them by the skillfulness of his hands. You know what that is? That's mercy. That's mercy. And dear Maranatha Baptist Church family tonight, how could we, and all the benefits and the blessing, the wonders and the works that God has manifested and displayed in our lives, could we come out of this and be forgetful? Could, could, could we look at all of that and another situation come up and we allow it to make us forget everything He's done in the past? How could we be doubtful? Can God? Can God get us through this? Can, can God take care of this financial situation? Can God take care of this situation in our family? Can God do this? Can God do this? Can God save that individual? Can He? Absolutely He can. Can God save that family member that you've been praying for for a long time? You see, here's the problem. We pray for a month and then we give up. We pray for a month and we give up. I'm going to tell you what, we, we've been praying for several years in that room at 920 on Sunday morning for, for name after name after name who still isn't saved yet. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to keep praying for them. Because we know that God can. In His time, we're going to keep praying for them. We're not praying for their physical needs. We're praying for their salvation and the, the spiritual need of their soul. We get too caught up in physical prayer requests. I'm not against it. You know that. We ought to pray for physical matters. But what matters most is whether somebody's going to leave this earth saved or not. What doesn't matter is if their cancer is healed. Now if God chooses to heal, praise His name. And we ought to pray for that. But what matters most if the cancer gets them and they leave this earth without Christ. That's what matters most. And we need to pray for their salvation. And so you know, we're going to continue to pray. We're going to continue to pray. If we don't see anybody from that list saved the rest of this year, you know what we're going to do? We're going to come back in there the first Sunday in January in 2024 and we're going to keep praying. And we're going to keep praying for these individuals on that list that they'll be saved. We're going to keep praying for Roma's niece and nephew. We're going to keep praying for individuals in this room who have people on that list who are saved, but they're away from God. And we're going to pray for them to come back. Because that's what they need. They need spiritual restoration in their lives. 
And don't misunderstand me tonight. Don't walk out of here and say, Pastor doesn't care about physical needs because that's further, the furthest thing from the truth. But our heart's desire ought be that we care about spiritual matters first and foremost because that's eternity. We live such a brief time on this earth. You can live to be 100 years old and that's brief. But we're going to live forever somewhere. We're going to live in the eternities of heaven, the joys of heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ or people are, going to, people are going to die and go to the torments of hell and be cast into the lake of fire one day. That's real because it's Bible. And we ought to care about their spiritual soul. So God help us tonight that we're not forgetful. Can God that we're not doubtful? Can God? Yes, God can. Can God save my neighbor? He's rough. Very, very gracious, very nice gentleman. But when it comes to spiritual matters, doesn't care. Doesn't care. But can my God save him? Yes. My God can save him. Let's stop being doubtful. Let's stop being forgetful. And let's stop being ungrateful because we have such a merciful God. By the way, He's merciful and He's faithful. We're not, but He is. He's merciful and He's faithful in spite of us. Yet, in spite of everything Israel, or excuse me, God had done for Israel, they sinned against God. On the flip side, yet, in spite of everything we do against God, He's still merciful and He's still faithful. And praise His name for that tonight. Absolutely no excuses. Father, thank You for Your Word tonight. Father, may we be a people. Maranatha Baptist Church, Father, may we be a people who aren't forgetful. Father, we're flesh and You know it, but Father, help us not to use that as an excuse. Not to be forgetful. Help us not to use our flesh as an excuse to be doubtful. Father, help us not to use our flesh as an excuse not to be ungrateful. And Father, instead, may we praise You. May we remember how merciful and how faithful You are. Father, I don't know hearts tonight, but You do. I pray that if Your Holy Spirit has worked in a heart tonight, I pray that we would move. Father, I pray that we do business with You tonight. I pray if maybe there's... there's been some ungratefulness, doubtfulness. There's been some forgetfulness in our lives. May tonight we admit it, acknowledge it. May we not deny it. May we acknowledge it tonight. And Father, may we move forward this week being a faithful group of believers. Help us, Lord, in Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you're physically able, would you stand with me tonight? His bowed and eyes closed. Miss Pam's at the piano. She's going to play. If you need to come, come. Believer, do you need to come? Do you need to pray? This front pew's open, the platform's open. You can make an altar right there in the pew or in the aisle right next to you. Maybe you just need to kneel tonight and say, God, help me not to be forgetful. God, help me not to be ungrateful. God, help me not to be doubtful. Might be some teenagers tonight, you'd need to bend a knee. You say, God, forgive me for being ungrateful toward my parents. 
how well they take care of us, but I've been ungrateful because I, I don't have everything that everybody else has and I haven't been thankful, I haven't been grateful. I've been forgetful of how you constantly take care of our family. Father, help me not to be doubtful. Yet, yet they tempted and provoked the Most High God. God, help that not to be us. Yet, in spite of everything He had done, yet, yet, but I'm thankful that in spite of everything we do, that He is yet merciful and He is yet faithful. It's His nature. He can't be anything different. Let me ask you, friend, tonight, do you know that you're saved? I know the message wasn't even geared toward that tonight. I don't even think we necessarily mentioned it in the message. But if death were to take you tonight, do you know without a doubt that heaven would be your home? That you'd be in the very presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Do you know that tonight? Do you know that without a doubt? If you don't, would you come? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, the song says. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and grace. No, absolutely no excuse. Absolutely no excuse. No excuse to be unfaithful to God's house. No excuse to be unfaithful to God. No excuse to be unfaithful to God's commission. No excuse to be unfaithful to the spouse that God has given you. No excuse to be unfaithful to the children that God has given us to steward. No excuse to be unfaithful with the money that God has given us. No excuses. Pam's going to play one more verse. If you need to come tonight, I encourage you to come. eyes upon Jesus tonight
Father, we're grateful tonight for your word. Father, we're grateful for how your word and the Holy Spirit works in our hearts. Father, how they bring us to moments of conviction and change. And Father, that how they show us, Father, how they show us areas that we're doing well in also. And encourage us to continue to do well in those areas. Then, Father, how they show us areas where we're lacking in. And Father, as Paul sent Titus to Crete to set in order, Father, your word and the Spirit shows us things that are lacking, things that need to be set in order. And Father, I pray that when you show us, Father, I pray that we'll set some things in order. Father, help us to leave here tonight being a remembering people, not a forgetful people. Being a grateful people, not an ungrateful people. And Father, being a believing, a trustful people, not a doubtful people tonight. Father, we want to be faithful to you. Father, it's our reasonable service. Father, may we not make any excuses when it comes to being faithful to you. Help us with that, Lord. I pray that you've challenged us with that truth tonight. May we take it with us this week. And we'll thank you and praise you for what you'll do in our hearts and lives this week. Use us. Help us to be a, a vessel of, of truth this week. Use us to give someone the gospel this week. Father, we'll thank you for it. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you so much. You're dismissed.